actually first with some young lady this year that we've been able to combine the services because of special, uh, other special services. But that is next uh, Sunday, uh, May the 31st, combined service. That is the time to come in here at Watson at 10 a.m. So remember that. If it's one service next week, no Sunday school, and the Family Life Center at 10 a.m. Vacation Bible School, just one other, another reminder that it's coming up. If you haven't registered, you can register online. It begins on Sunday, June the 7th. This is Memorial Day weekend. Office will be closed tomorrow. Memorial Day is when we remember those who have fallen in the service of our country. And I was just wondering, does anybody in here have a relative died in the service of our country or know of, of a person who did. Let's take a moment and have a silent prayer for all those who have uh, defended our country and have fallen in that service. Let us pray. Will you stand and sing with us? Let's 
Let's pray. Gracious God, we come before you this morning with thankful hearts. We are grateful on this Pentecost Sunday to have the church and a church family where we can come and worship and praise you. We are also especially thankful this morning for our freedom and for those who have fought and died so that we can have the freedoms that we have. We ask a special prayer for the families who have loved ones who have served and also for those who are currently serving. Lord, bring us together now and focus our hearts and our minds on you as we prepare to worship. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Oh 
children and greet your neighbor and children come forward for the children's sermon. Also gave them the ability to speak in different 
different languages. Like we all speak English here, but we know indigenous about the speaks another language. She speaks Spanish or French or something. Well, all of a sudden, these disciples could speak in other languages, so that enabled them to go out and teach all the people that they knew about Jesus and about what he had done, about him coming to earth and dying so this Holy Spirit is still with us today. Did you know that? Did you ever feel the Holy Spirit when you say prayer? Remember we talked about prayer last week. When you pray, you ever feel like Jesus is really listening? You feel the Spirit in your heart. So we can't see Him, and we can't necessarily hear Him, but we can hear Him speaking to our hearts. We can feel Him, and we can see Him in the way that we remain in our lives. Maybe we go about hearing you hear in our lives and we're with the people we do the things we're supposed to do. We trust Jesus. So I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that when you're saying the prayers. We did talk about prayer and there while we were praying often now, right? Because remember there's no specific time to pray, right? We pray every time. So when you pray, I want you to now really concentrate on thinking see if you can feel the Holy Spirit in your heart. Okay? So same prayer. Dear Father, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. Help us to listen and obey as he teaches us how to tell others about Jesus. Creatures for the 
glory of your Son, for it is in his name that we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'm not going to preach on Pentecost today, but just as a reminder, Jesus finally, the resurrected Jesus finally got through walking around and talking and seeing people on earth and ascended to heaven. He promised his disciples and his believers that he could send another in his place until he returned bodily again and that other is the Holy Spirit. So we live in the age of the Spirit. And that's what Pentecost Sunday celebrates. But I want to talk about something else today. I want to talk about something that is really, really, really important for us to be reminded of every so often, and that is forgiveness. I'm reading from 2 Corinthians 5.16, and I'm stopping right in the teaching and reading of God's Word. So from now on, we regard no one from the worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and gave us a ministry of reconciliation, so that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Well, Lord, help us this day once again to realize how important it is our forgiveness and to forgive others. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. Help us, O Lord, to behave as we believe. Amen. Well, you may know and you've said before, I'm sure the Apostles' Creed, where it says clearly, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. We have. This is something that's said almost routinely in the church. But the question is, do we live by it? Do we really, truly uh, behave as we believe? And I think that much of the world is like a story of two little brothers named Harry and James. True story. Harry and James had finished supper. They were playing to a bedtime. Somehow another Harry hit James with a toy. Tears came. Bitter words followed. Charges and accusations were still flying, flying when the mother ushered them off to bed. And the mother said, Now, James, before you go to bed, you've got to forgive your brother. James thought for a moment and he said, Well, okay, I will forgive him tonight. But if I don't die before tomorrow, he better watch out. I believe this is the way most of us act in faith when it comes to believing in the forgiveness of sins. But we need to recapture and understand that forgiveness of sins has several parts to it. The first part is we just need to remember and be reminded that it started with God, God's forgiveness of our sins. From the pages of the Old Testament to the story of Jesus and the cross, the love and forgiveness of God 
is preeminent in Scripture. Sometimes we understand it, sometimes we don't understand it. I think lots of people in our time, I've come across more people like this, they say they don't want to hear anything about any guilt, either their guilt or anybody else's guilt. They don't want to hear anyone talking to them about their sin. Uh, they believe that everything or everybody is good down to even. They just don't understand why we talk about forgiveness. But I'm not so sure people are really convinced of that, even though so many people say stuff like that. My experience has been that I've come across many people who have carried with them deep down inside things that they need forgiveness for, things that they need to turn over to the cross, and, and or evil that they need to forgive that have hurt them deeply. Without reconciliation, it's like a cancer that can destroy in the body. Forgiveness, and often forgiveness, receiving forgiveness is really the only way to move on in the life. God forgave us. God does not remember our sins anymore, the scripture says. You know, there's a story I was told about a man who committed serious sin. And even though later he had repented of it, he still didn't feel peace. He didn't feel that joy, that sense of God's forgiveness. And I think this is often true of us. So one day he ran into, he ran into another person who, who he knew to be very religious. And he knew to pray a lot. And he asked her, he said, how about the next time you're praying, I want you to pray to God about this sin that I committed when I was younger. And the woman agreed and she, she went on. And seven days later, he went back up with her and he said, Well, did, did you talk to, to Jesus? She said, Yes. Did you ask him what sin I committed? She said, Yes, I asked him. And he said, Well, what did he say? She said, The Lord Jesus said, I don't agree. I don't remember the sin. You see, I think it's important for us just to hear that once more. The scripture is clear. As far as the east is from the west, so far God removes our transgressions from him. God believes in forgiveness of sins. And it seems to me like if God believes it, we should too. We need to believe in the forgiveness of sins. But we need to behave as we believe. Great Protestant reformer, one who kind of got it all started for his process, is Martin Luther. You all know that, the father of Luther Church. He said, and I quote, that if the, if the belief in forgiveness is not true, what does it matter whether God is Almighty or that Jesus was born or died and rose again? It is because these things have a bearing on my forgiveness that they are important to me. This forgiveness in which we say we believe in is not limited to God, though. Forgiveness is part of human life. In fact, you say it every Sunday. You just said it before I started this uh, reading of Scripture and sermon. You said in the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, we, we affirm something that's very, very important. And that is, we have to have a forgiving spirit if we're to experience the forgiveness of God. And this is where I think we fall down as humans. 
If we believe in the forgiveness of sins, we have to be made best in we believe. And we can't ask for forgiveness if not we're not going to offer forgiveness. One of the reasons I was drawn to this uh, scripture today and to talk about this is because I'm wrapping up uh, 20 years of, of ordained ministry and of course 20 years of uh, ministry in the church as a layperson like you. And I know that I need to be forgiven. I know that I have made many, many mistakes, uh, both uh, in the church before I was a minister and then as a minister. And I certainly know that there have been many people through my 40 years of adult working life that I have had to forgive and need to forgive and probably still need to forgive. Forgiveness of sins is important. We have to behave as we believe. A few years ago, uh, an important person was asked a question by a reporter. The reporter said, in your heart, can you forgive and forget? And the person that the question was being asked about uh, said, and I quote, I believe that any person who asks for forgiveness has to be prepared to give it. My friends, we all need to work on giving forgiveness. It seems to me that we need to have some guidance on how to forgive. Here's something that comes to me, and I'll share it to me, um, and maybe it'll help you too. Whenever I have someone who has hurt me and, and I need to forgive them, uh, of course, the first thing I do is pray about it. But then, what I do, and this, this I think is really the key to it, is I will write down what they did or why I'm so angry. And so I will write that down and I'll think about that. And then I'll write a letter to that person. And I will detail everything that they did wrong and why I'm so angry, and why I think they should forgive me, and why I should forgive them. In other words, uh, all the things I would say possibly could have the person that came to my writing down. Then I do something that you probably may believe that needs to be done or not. I don't go to that person and give them the letter. I don't even send it anonymously, even though I received a few anonymous letters through my years as a minister. I take the letter, I burn it, or tear it up, and I pray to God to release me from that. And I pray for the willingness to forgive <clears throat> and then pray for the person who wronged me. And believe it or not, the next step is to ask God not just to forgive that person, but, but to bless that person. And I think that's really, really hard. But my friends, if you keep praying for your enemies, those who hurt you, and you keep praying that God will bless them, sooner or later your feelings will change. Because it's hard to stay angry with someone that you're praying for. It's hard to stay angry at someone you're asking God to bless. This is the key to true forgiveness. This is the key to release from the, from the hurt and guilt 
might feel or that the other person may have towards you. One writer who wrote about the art of forgiveness has said these words. To forgive is to put down a 50-pound pack after a 10-mile climb up a mountain. To forgive is to fall into a chair after running a marathon. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that prisoner is you. To forgive is to reach back into your hurting past and recreate it in the memory so that you can begin again. The question is, do we behave as we believe? Do we need to forget something? And if we do, I would suggest that you make a pause and practically what it is that I just want to explain. Let me finish with this true story. The story comes from Spain. There was a father and son who had a very big argument. The son's name was Paul. The son ran away from home. He ran away to the big city of Madrid. Weeks go by and months. Finally, the father comes to regret his anger at his son. And so the father travels to the city and with posters and newspapers as he puts up a message. Says, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office on Saturday at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. Signed your father. Now, to understand what happened next, you need to know one little thing about Spain that makes us well known. Paco is a common name. It's a common name. So the poster went up that says, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office on Saturday at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. Signed your father. Then on Saturday, Paco is waiting outside the building. Not only Paco, whose father and son had that was now sleeping reconciliation. But along with this Paco were scores, literally hundreds, of other men who had shown up at that place in time, whose name was Paco. Every last one of them was hoping that it was their father who took out the act on the other posters. Friends, the forgiveness of sin.
There's no place else in the world that the word of forgiveness is taught, preached, and held so dear as it is in the Christian church. Forgiveness, not revenge, forgiveness is about that we have as Christians to renew each other and to renew the world. It's a power to cleanse and clean. It's a power to restore. Nothing else can reveal our relationship with God the way forgiveness can. Nothing else can reveal our relationship with each other like forgiveness can. Nothing else can change relations the way forgiveness can. I don't believe there's anything in the world today that would work better than forgiveness in every situation. It is probably the most positive power that we have. Signs of reconciliation are often given uh, in church services and also in times of times of communion services and so forth. And if you remember the words of packages together a communion service for the disciple class and we have that, you know, it's like peace of Christ be with you. And also we think that's the simple words that have been used for generations. That peace Friends, let us believe and let us so behave. Let us live our lives affirming our belief in the forgiveness of sins. I forgive you for all the things that you have done to me. I hope you will forgive me for all the things I have done to you. Forgiveness of sins. Let us encourage each other. It is the most powerful. God's world. We believe in God who has created and is created, who has come in Jesus the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. Life in death and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not wrong. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated, but our ushers come forth as we see our times and our offerings.